Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Self-driving cars, and people are a bit concerned around around, um, around what happens what happens to them and these self-driving cars and things like that. And, uh, you know, because nobody wants to, people are just, you know, one of the greatest challenges you have is that when things, when technology begins to take over and people, be, cars begin to drive themselves and things like that. Um, I know one of the airports in, in UK, I guess it's got to be called one of the two, one of, one of the two, they, they are, tre- they are test, tests, they are testing out what is called the, um, Unmanned, unmanned um, tower. So basically, when your plane is coming, there is nobody that is saying, "Don't worry, yeah, that plane is." They they are trying to make it as possible, as safe as possible. Sorry, as and you know they are getting there. I, 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 and one of the things which I kind of discovered is that in everything that you see, the concern is always that for every system, no matter how well it is um, invented. At a particular point in time, there is always need for somebody to be intervening in it to make sure that things go well. <coughs> that things go well. And this world is not different. This world is not different. When you read, you would see it from the very first scripture that you read in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, where, where God says that, the Bible says, and God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the heart, and the heart was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord was hovering, of God was hovering over the face of, of the head, and God said, let there be light. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to first of all understand that God first of all created the world. Then something went wrong. Then the spirit of God came and began to intervene. You know, um, a couple of which one of these I will also be kind of looking at. Now, someone, someone, um, a guy came to my house to come and um, help out. Um, it's he's he's an underman basically. I think um, they're doing some brick laying jobs and things like that. So he was so he got into our house and he was he saw he saw books, Bibles, and things like that. He said, oh, I said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. I said, oh, why, why, why are you a Christian? Uh, and I said, oh, and we began to, I said, I said, why are you not a Christian? And he said, because I don't believe in God. I said, oh, okay. I said, I said, so why don't you believe in God? God bless you. Why, why don't you believe in God? He said, uh, he said, because, he said, he said, I can give you one statement and defeat you, defeat your belief about God. I said, okay, it's not a problem. He said, he said, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. I said, yes. He said, do you know what the Bible failed? I said, what is it? He said, the Bible did not know. Well, how can God create the world and forget that there are galaxies? I said, okay. He said, is that all? He said, yes. I said, he said, he said, he said, I don't blame you because you have not read the Bible. I said, because if you read the very first statement in the Bible, the Bible says, God, in the beginning, God created heavens. 
He didn't say heaven. He said he created heavens and the earth. I said, my dear brother, uncle, where do you where you want to go to space? Where do you go? Do you go down here or do you go up there? He said, oh, okay. I said, I said if you try to read the Bible, discover that there are so many questions you think you have. And the answers are there. So we begin to see that, you know, God created the heavens and the heart. And you, what I'm trying to point out here is that at that point in time, the heart was what it was, but God had to intervene to make sure that things remain in a stable part, in, in a stable way, sorry. I will tell you one thing which you probably have never noticed. Okay, when God now began to intervene in chapter 1, you begin to see that the Bible says God told water to move to one area. He told the mountains to rise to this place and things like that. And, you know, as spiritual as that sounds, I don't know if you have heard anything called, I don't know if anybody has studied geology here. Did you do a bit of geology? Amen. Because you did engineering, so I don't know. It's, it's still part of the way. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There is something they call histostasty. I S O S T. Amen. Ma? Okay. Do you know what this means? What this means is that the heart has a balance. The mountains are placed. This is not scriptures. This is science. Mountains are placed in such a way that the heart is like. Sorry, can can use this? The heart underneath the heart. You have this what they call mantle. You have the cross. So underneath that is I say the heart is like this. So what happens is that if you if you put something here, it dips down and the pressure of this water flows to the side. So what happens now is that if you apply too much pressure over here, what will happen? It will burst out here. So that means that for me to avoid this water bursting out here, I need to make sure that there is a balance. Now what science is discovering is that is that mountains are placed in such a way and waters are placed in such a way whereby the heart is not does not explode on one side or another. There is a balance. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Then, assuming that is science, we've got to Isaiah chapter, this is what God said in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 20, 12. He said, who, me- who has measured waters in the hollow of his palm? Who measured heavens and the span, heaven with a span? And calculated the dust of the of the head in measure. He said, "I weighed mountains in scale." Mm. So what science is doing? Saying breakthrough. God is saying, "Sorry." Mm. If I do so, when you see Genesis chapter one, he is not just throwing out things everywhere. Is mm-hmm. God is making sure there is balance. And when you have, when please go to the previous slide. When you have issues around at times, you begin to have 
um, erosion in a place because the heart begins to level that mountain down and you begin to see that it begins to build up in another area. Why? Because God, his nature is making sure the heart has its balance. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm just trying to pick, make you see that when God created um, the world, he had to put systems in place so that things would not go out of balance. For example, you need the trees outside there to survive. Because they give you carbon, that they give you oxygen for you to breathe. And you give them carbon dioxide. So if you cut all the trees, make them all into paper. Hallelujah. <laughs> so everything, even the rat that you don't like in your house, has a job within what is called the ecosystem. Now, I'm getting where you, you, you're not in a science class, don't worry. Amen. Now, God was so concerned that he would not allow things to just be without somebody keeping an eye on it. That you will see in Genesis chapter 2, that chapter, chapter 2 verse 5, he says, before any plant of the earth and before any herbs of the field had grown, the Lord had not caused it to rain. Why? Because there is no man on hearts to make sure the water goes to the right place. Mm. So if God has said, you know, don't worry, I'll just give them water. Mm. What will happen? The heart will not be rain anyway. So what was God doing? Making sure there was somebody in charge. Making sure that there was somebody intervening when things were going wrong. And in order to see, when we begin to talk about this, you begin to have people who would have questions around, ah, oh, no, um, you know, and, 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 and there are genuine questions out there, to be honest with you. There are genuine questions out there where someone will say, you know, where was God when XYZ happened to me? Can you have a God who says he's good and yet does bad things? Mm. Those things are genuine questions. The Bible doesn't run, run away from it. That's why Paul said in 1 Peter chapter um, 3, verse 15, he says, But sanctify the Lord in let us sanctify the Lord in our hearts. Always be ready to give defense to everyone who asks a reason for your hope with meekness and with fear. Another version will say, with gentleness. When somebody asks you, why are you a Christian? Don't say, oh, you are going to hell. No. The Bible says, speak to them with gentleness. They would ask, the challenge we are having is that when you ask somebody, why are you a Christian? They have no clue why they are a Christian. Or they argue. Ah, what, 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 kind of, what, kind of, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of, this is that? See, I'm dealing with quite, a number of youths who are not members of the church in our fold. 
who are asking questions. And at times, parents can give answers. You know, this is how we used to do it since forever. And the child is going, yeah, but... <coughs> so, the Bible says that give them a reason. One of the issues out there, people say, you know, people talk about, you know, we, we, I don't need God to know what is good or right. I don't need to see. We, we've had it today. We've had it today about Brexit, which God was speaking about. That is what, when you have nobody that is making the rules, and everybody wants to make rules, that is what it becomes. And we have a lot of conversations going all around. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let me just give you a flavor of some. Have you heard of what is called trans age? Basically, somebody who's 18 and say, I am 20. I feel like oh, right. That's something you can do. You can't say no. He's battling his case in, in court. Can I have the next slide? He's Dutchman. He's 60. Well, he says he's 20. Mm-hmm. You cannot say that he's not 20. Yeah. Who are you to say that he's not 20? Mm-hmm. But you know what will happen is that somebody like me, I'll say, I am 90, I want, I want my pension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't say that. <coughs> why, why would you deny my right? You have issues around transabled. Have we heard about that before? Those are people who are living in an able body or feel they are disabled. So they want to cut off their legs so that they can feel what they feel. See, the truth is that because when you begin to push boundaries, things will begin to flow through. Mm. Question is that how can you treat it? Okay, if I feel that I am disabled in this body and I want to kill, I want to cut off my arm, what are you who are you to tell me that I have a psychological psychological problem? Mm. I'm just saying there are loads of conversations happening out there. And people we are getting more confused. In order to accommodate everybody, Facebook decided to do a gender list. And I think they were about, they got to about 120 different lines of genders. So they had to close it down. Everybody was submitting their way. What I'm just saying is that as we begin to go into this, you begin to understand that there is nothing there is nothing called that you know let me just let me just say this see there's a lot of things out there that people push and say that let me just give you two things and we would move on and now you understand why i am saying this now what is all this about is because there is nobody why god created man and say i need you to be in charge you put 
put checks on systems. But we say, now everybody can have whatever it is they have. You have someone who's called a free thinker. And it's not a problem. Free thinker basically means that, you know, you, you, you are free to do whatever you want to do. You have um, um, Dawkins who tells you that, you know, we are, just, we, we, we are just spontaneous and things like that. So there's no right or wrong. It's not a problem. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. So if I put a bullet through your head, who tell, who, what business are you going to say is an offense? That's what I feel. So you have all other things out there that you can read. You have this science evidence. They call it the language of God. The science, scientific proof of the signature of God upon human DNAs. Basically arranged in alphabetical order. And at times, a human, sorry, a, a human being has more than a billion cells within their body and it is arranged in a particular order when they read it on a human they were like no you cannot say that somebody wrote your name on the floor and doesn't make sense mm. hallelujah amen. let me take you out of science class and let us just speak in common english amen. hallelujah amen. so the bible says that God, now this, these are things that we said, God, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, 20, we said, and God made beasts of the heart and made everything he was already, he saw that it was good. Then he now said, how do we control these things? He said, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness. I am going to be focusing on two things here, image and likeness. So that means that they need to have our character. They need to be able to act like us. So that they can be able to exercise. Let's go on to verse. He says, and let them have dominion over the seas. What does dominion mean? Basically, they are the one putting things under control. Because I know that things can get out of hand. So they need to be able to put things under control. But they cannot put things under control, except we create them in our image. Except we create them in our image. And that is why you would see in Psalm 8, verse 5 and 6, it says, you have made him little lower than angels. Another version will say little lower than God. It says, you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him have dominion over everything. But please notice that he was first of all crowned with glory before he can rule anything. Are we together? Amen. Amen. Now, I've shared this before with us, is that as we begin to look, I'm just taking us a step by step. We, we started off by saying that the world was already in this area. God had to intervene. And God is trying to take himself out of the picture and he needs somebody there to be able to make decisions on what, on, on how that place would operate. That's why he said, have dominion over them. So, There are questions and people ask, why would God put the tree 
in the garden. If he knew that all this is going to happen, why would he put the tree in the garden? Now, the, pro- the issue is this. God said, let us create them in our image. What is the image being in the image of God? You have to have the right of free will. You should be able to choose for you to be in his image. If you are not, if you if you don't have the right to choose, you are not in the image of God, you're a robot. And the only way for them to exercise their choice is to put a tree in there. And he said to them, please do not exercise your right this way. Don't take out of the anything in that in that part of the country because things will go beyond what you ever expect. So God did not put it there to test them because they had to also be like him. So it wasn't that God was trying. This is okay, for example. When Noah failed in the scriptures and God used water to wipe off the whole heart. What would have been the easiest thing for God to do? Take away the ability to choose. And they'll be okay. But God wiped off the whole heart and he still left man with his right to choose. Because you cannot, you cannot have a relationship if you don't have a choice. You cannot be my friend. If I put a gun at you, that is not friendship. So when people say, why did God not take away the tree? What you're saying is that make me a robot. Does this make sense? So God had to put them in the garden with the tree for them to be able to exercise their rights. For them to be able to exercise their rights. And the Bible says in Psalm 115, it says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord, but the heart has he given to the children of man. So basically, God is saying, I am sitting in heaven. How whatever you make out of his heart is left to you. God help us in Jesus' name. Let's just go two, two slides up. Down. He says, and the Bible says that, the Bible says, we know. So it's not a debate. He says, we know that we are the children of, of God. And this whole world lies under the, under the wicked one. Under the control, under the sway of the wicked one. So we are not yet, it is not a debate. That the world is under the root of wickedness. Why is that? Because when man chose to follow the devil, he closed the doors against God. And God had no choice than to respect his will. See, somebody asked a question once. 
if God is so loving, if God is so loving, why will he send people to hell? If this God is so loving, why would he send people to hell? And the problem is that people do not understand the definition of hell. That is the problem. People do not understand the definition of hell. What is hell? Hell is simple. A place where God is not. The Bible says God is light. When light leaves a place, it's darkness. The Bible says that God is peace. When it comes out of the place, it becomes chaos. So, where they call heaven now, if God leaves that place and goes to hell, hell becomes heaven and that place becomes hell. So, what God does do for people, when you make a choice, he respects your opinion and he, and he honors it. Why God cannot drag people into heaven is because he does not go against people's views. That was the same reason he gave to you from the beginning. The ability to exercise the choice. That's why when Adam wanted to take the, the uh, what's it called, the fruit, God not stand before the thing. If you dare, because then he will not be he will not be right. Mm. I get it somewhere with this. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So when now this is where the nature of God becomes tricky for people. The Bible says God is just. And the Bible also says God is loving. How can God be just and at the same time be loving? The thing is that when every sin God has is God must judge them. So you came to Genesis chapter 3 which we read. If we read from verse 15, the Bible says here that, Bible says, so I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and a seed. He shall bruise your head. And so he would, he will bruise your, your, your head. Another version will tell you, he will crush your head. Then you will bruise his heel. And I will probably tell you, he would crush the head. Now, so as a result of issues between we had on, on heart, God will say, okay, this is the way I'm going to do it. I am going to, I will have to judge this heart, but I'll give an escape route. An escape route will be the seed of that woman will come, crush the head, and you would bruise his, 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 um, his, his heels. 
And as we know, that person came to be Jesus. See, when we that is why they call Jesus the seed of righteousness. Why? Because when he comes, he came to... Okay, let's get it all back to basis where we are coming from. Man was put in charge. Man submitted to the devil. And as a result of man's submission to the devil, everything on heart is affected. Okay, let me ask you. Let's look at it this way. The people that offend, that committed sin, Adam, Eve, snake. Do we get to that point? How come dogs are dying? How come other animals are dying? Why are they not exempted? Because once the person at the top falls, every other thing is affected. So, there are challenges that we have in our world today that is as a result of the decision Adam made. So, you have diseases all around. You have all sorts going on. Why? Because it can be traced back to that point which Adam made as a choice. If you go to um, uh, Romans, Jesus, Romans chapter 16 verse 20, he said, God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. So what is this thing is that the devil will be crushed and what happened is that that eventually came to pass on the cross. Just because of my time, that eventually came to pass on the cross. Now, this is where we are. I am put in charge as a human being of my environment. But I submitted to the devil as true Adam. The question now is going to be that how is it possible that human beings regain what they lost? Remember the two things they lost. They lost the image of God and they lost his likeness. And when Christ came, the Bible describes Christ as the image of God himself. So what, that, what does that mean? Is that when Christ began to, when we begin to walk in Christ, your image begins to change. <clears throat> because what you lost is that image. That was why Christ came. So that that image can be restored. Let me just say to us, 
a couple of things as we just move on. Ecclesiastes, let's just go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now the Bible says that he had made everything beautiful in his time and has put eternity in the heart of men. Why is that important? Is that can I make a, can I just make a statement to you? You do not need to read the Bible to know between right and wrong. The Bible supports that. The Bible says God has placed eternity in the heart of everybody. Romans also says to us. Romans chapter 1, it says, since creation, the invisible, sorry, the, since the creation of the world, his invisible, invisible attributes has been clearly seen and been understood by the things which are made. Even eternal power. And so basically, there will be nobody without excuse. So that means that no one will be able to say, I don't know the difference between right and wrong. Whether you read the Bible or not. So that all, what does that mean? Is that every man can be judged. Now, there are two things I want you to understand, and this is where we'll probably cut the chase and just cut through it. Let me use myself as an example. The Bible says that there will be no excuse. I know what is right, what is wrong. I fall short of it. God has to judge because that's his nature. What does what is the essence of Christianity? God is saying because. I need to judge by him. I cannot but judge him. The only way I can show him my mercy is to, is to put that same punishment upon someone else. And that person was Jesus. So it is not that I have not seen and I will not be judged. It is that I do not have to face judgment because somebody stood there for me. So in that case, God can be judged, can be just and be loving at the same time. There is no sin on heart that God will not judge. But the way he has chosen to judge it is to put that weight of sin on Hagar. Sorry, on, on, on Jesus. And in in other way, I take the life of Christ. That is what Christianity is about. That is the gospel in summary. Every religion.
tells you you're wrong. Every religion tells you when you go to um, Buddhism, they tell you you have to reincarnate. So basically, you come to another life to pay for the previous life and keep going again. If you go to another religion, you have to your good works have to outweigh your bad ones. But what the gospel is, I know you're wrong. I have to punish you. But this is how I'm going to punish you. Now your job and my job is to appreciate the person that took that favor. So when I leave or make effort to live a righteous life, I'm not living a righteous life because I'm living a righteous life because I see what Jesus did for me. Let me give you an example as we just move this a little bit faster. Assuming you had you committed a crime. You stole something. And people were chasing you <coughs> in order to lynch you because you genuinely stole. And as you are running down a path, you eventually See somebody who beckons and they say, come in, come in, come in, come in. And, that, and you come in as a result of that person beckoning on you. When you get into that house, you discover that that person looks exactly like you. And that person said, don't worry. You know what? Give me your clothes. He puts on your clothes and he gives you his. And he says, you stay here, man. I will step out for you. Mm. And as he stepped out, he began to reach. That person that took your clothes to walk out to get the lynching is what Jesus did for you. Mm. Do you know what we will do in this world? Some of, if we're to be, in the Western world, you set up a charity in the name of that person. In memorial day. That's what Jesus expects of you. I took the lynching for you. You don't have to be under the weight of sin. I am not, I was preaching to a guy recently. And he said, what special sin must I not do to be a Christian? And I said, the Christianity is actually about the forgiveness you can get. And living in appreciation for what happened to you. That's the gospel. 
That's why the Bible calls it good news. Tell people that the world, yes, the world is falling, but there is a way out. When God said, I will send, he said, the, 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 um, the, the seed shall crush your head. <coughs> Sorry, it shall crush the head of the serpent. But don't worry, it would prevail. That is where we are as Christians. That is the gospel to us. Amen. Amen. So when we go to first, Second Peter, sorry, I'll just go to um, um, just go previously. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Sorry. Second Peter, yeah. It says, "Lord is not lacking yet. Lord is not lacking concerning His promise, as some count it as lackness, but it is His long suffering, willing that nobody should perish, but everyone will come to repentance." People are saying, oh God, I'm saying he's going to come all this way. He hasn't, he hasn't come yet. The Bible says, God is actually taking his time to give people as many opportunities as they can get. <clears throat> so that they can come to repentance. I'm going to just say one thing then I would move to well towards the last lap of all this. See one of the things that God has put okay, let's look at it this way. When Adam had the fruit, what did he lose? He lost the image and the likeness. So, Adam, assuming Adam was at this level, he came down to this level. If you remember, if you notice in your Bible well, what the Bible says, the Bible says, God stopped them from eating from the tree of life. Why would God stop Adam from eating from the tree of life? Because if he hits the tree of life, from the tree of life, he will not die again. Mm. And what does that have, what does that mean? Adam will live constantly in that level he is. There will be no way of, of escape. Death was not designed by God mm. as a punishment. It was a remedy. That's why Paul will say, when we die, it is just a passage for us to move into another life. Because if Adam had hit him from that foot again, he's stuck. What I'm 
just trying to say, people paint some of these pictures as if God was so, is so bad, but he had to walk with what he had. Out of his love. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So God says to us, God says to us, he says, go and begin to tell people this. Now, I'm, I'm just going to just drive it home this way. Is that this thing was so urgent in the heart of God when Jesus came that Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 10 from verse 2 to 4. Luke chapter 10 from verse 2 to 4. Sorry, I'm just because spent quite a lot of time today. He says, Then the Lord then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Send them out. So and he sent them out into his into uh, sorry, I sent laborers out into his harvest. He said, go your, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lamb among wolves. Carry not bag, knapsack, sandals, and do not greet anyone along the road. So God is just saying, this is so urgent. I don't need you to go around and say, oh, hello, hi, how, how are you? No, there, is, there is nothing like that. Because people need to hear the gospel. And can I also say, say this to you? Is that when he appointed them 70, do you know that when they came back in verse 18, he says that, and they said to him, sorry, and he said, I see Satan fallen like, like lightning from heaven. What, what, what happened to them before then, verse 18? They came back and they said, demons were bowing to us. Why were they shocked that demons were bound to them? Can I say it to you? There are some things inside of you you will never realize until you begin to go out to influence somebody's life. Some of us, it's in your dreams that you are healing people. And God is saying, no, until you look for somebody and you pray for them, that is when you begin to see that you have the ability inside of you. That's why when they came back, they were like, what just happened to us? We didn't know that we could heal the sick. We didn't know that we could, we could pray for somebody and something happened. Jesus was basically saying to them, if not, but he now said, behold, I give you authority. You already have that authority inside of you. But if you would not go out and share the gospel with someone, if you not go out and make somebody and say, you know, somebody, you know, you have a challenge. Let's pray about it together. You will not see that you have something inside of you that you can give. I know that we all have one challenge or another. But when you put yourself to work, you discover the ability that you have. And God is saying, there is someone close to you that you can share the gospel with. Uh, 
speak, speak, speak about the gospel today. And do you know what Jesus said? He says, He says, nevertheless, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Let's go to the next one. He now said, the hour, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit and said, Father, I thank you. Lord of heaven and heart, you have hidden these things from, you know, from, from the wise. The question I asked myself is that if truly as a child of God, the more I touch people's life, the more I grow. And the devil has been hiding it from me. <coughs> question, is he hidden from you also? Is it hidden for you to be able to know how to get the ability of God inside of you working? Are you still praying and saying, God, one day you will do it. One day, God will be able to use me. One day, I will just say to the challenges in my life, in the name of Jesus, this and that, I'm going to say, no, it's hidden from you. What is hidden? That when you go out and when you begin to share the gospel, you begin to see that that ability is already inside of you. As I close, this is the last point I'm going to point out. You know when the prophecy in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, he says, it will bruise your head and so it will, it will crush the head of the serpent. And what will happen? It will bruise your heels. Can I ask you a question? If you are going to a place where there are serpents and you don't want the, the serpent to bruise your heels, can I ask you a question? What do you think you will be using? We are here. You shall bruise. It's talking to the serpent. You shall bruise his heels. When you are going to a place where something is about to bruise your heels, what are you going to be wearing? What do you need as a protection? Shoes. What does the Bible talk about shoes to us? Next slide. What does the Bible talk about in Romans? It says, and the God of. No, sorry. The, let's. Go to um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. We are going towards the hand now. Amen. God bless you. He says, Having shoed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So, what actually protects your feet from being bruised? by serpents is when you wear the sandals of spreading the gospel. Romans chapter 10 says to us, how shall they call upon him who they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Whom shall they, um, whom shall they hear Without, how shall they hear without a preacher? 
And if you go to verse 6, the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. That is why each time you attempt to do something for God, the serpent bruises. He hits it. Because he knows that feet cannot be covered. Scripturally, the only thing that covers a Christian's feet is preaching the gospel. Jesus crushed his head. It is our job to protect our feet from being bruised. And the only way your feet is covered is in the gospel. That's why you can have Christians who can call down fire from heaven and not preach the gospel and they're going nowhere. Why? Because the feet is open and you are sitting amongst the serpents and they are just having a field day because your feet has to be covered with the gospel. What we are saying is this. God is calling, expecting us to intervene in our world for him. If you are here and you can see yourself in the illustration that I made being chased down. Even at David said, he said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Jesus is standing at the door and saying, come in. You don't need to keep running. Just coming. I can take on what you can. You just come. I will take that challenge, that thing that is chasing you. But all I'm asking in return is that as I get lynched for you, live in gratitude. But some of us may still say, you know, no, 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 I don't. I think I can sort out myself. And I, I, Jesus, you know, there were two thieves beside Jesus. They were both guilty. One was saying, I know, where, you know, whatever will be, will be. And then that one said, I'm guilty. I just want to help. And you would think that Jesus would begin to say, what kind of help do you want? Can you remember that when you did this, you stole from XYZ? 
Jesus had no time for that. The next thing he said, he said, today, you will be bad. That's what Jesus is saying to people today. We don't need to go through everything that you've gone through. We don't need to open books and do this and do that. No, what I'm doing is that I am standing to take your place. That is the gospel. During the week, God laid something in my heart and I shared with someone is that God was, I felt God was laying in my heart saying that, do you know what? I prefer a pound. from a child of God than a million pounds from an unbeliever. Why? Because one is paying for their salvation. The other is in gratitude of their salvation. Does that make sense? And sadly, the gospel we are selling, we are giving out, is that don't worry. Just do five things. Here, I love Here, I love Don't worry. Everything God is. That's not what I want. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.